Today we are continuing in our look at uh, the plan of God through marriage. And as we are looking through marriage, of course, we're talking about this affects you even if you're not married, because marriage is meant to be this reflection uh, into all of our life. Um, it is a plan of God to accomplish uh, great things, uh, but it is also a reflection of our relationship between us and Christ and Christ and the church. Um, so even uh, when we are not married, um, these characteristics and these principles are to be put in place in our life with our brothers and sisters in Christ and the church, as well as between us and our Lord. Uh, because no matter what, we are in that marriage relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and, and so these principles uh, are still um, important in, in all of our lives, but especially in the marriage, because there's just something special and sacred that God did create marriage for a reason and a purpose. Um, today, we're, we're continuing on that look at what is the purpose uh, of marriage. Um, but real quick, before we get into it, I just want to give a, a, a little uh, look back at uh, what we've looked at in the past in, in marriage, and, and that is, first of all, the source of marriage. Marriage was created by God. It is not by man. It is not uh, something that we enter into because we are attracted to another person or we um, uh, uh, just move in relationships. This, The source of marriage is the Holy Spirit. And unless we seek the Holy Spirit, are filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, the marriage will not be what it is meant to be. Now, we can have marriages outside of God, but it will never be the marriage that God created it to be. It'll be something else. Um, and even though it looks like marriage, and we call it marriage, um, it becomes just a human process um, in fulfilling our own self-centered needs and desires. Uh, and that is not the purpose that God created it for. So the source is a submission through the Holy Spirit that we are both submitted to one another out of the power of the Holy Spirit and out of the reverence for Christ. So the love for God, the filling of the Holy Spirit is the source of marriage. The second thing is we looked at the definition of marriage. Marriage is not a... Uh, uh, a way to find happiness. Um, it is not just a relationship. The definition of marriage is it is a covenant. Uh, it is a commitment. It is an unbreakable bond. And we need to understand that, that it is a public uh, statement. Uh, it must be a public uh, statement that is, uh, first of all, meant to be everlasting. Um, so it is a permanent unbinding covenant made in public, but it is also legal. The fact of that means that there are um, obligations that we have responsibilities in marriage. It is not just a relationship that we just um, go into and we'll work it out as it goes, um, but uh, there are um, uh, prescribed obligations in this commitment that are not based on the other person, they are based solely on us. That when we enter into that covenant, whether the other person uh, fulfills their side of it or not, we are still in covenant. That's the difference between a contract. We're not in a contract that we negotiate, uh, that we can 
buy out the other person and finish the contract. It is a covenant, which is a, a, a commitment uh, to obligation, non-dependent uh, on the other person. So even when the other person does not uphold their side, we are still bound by a covenant that we made, that we are committed to that other person. And, and, and so it is, that is the definition uh, of marriage. And then we looked at the priority of marriage, that marriage is meant to be something that takes center stage, that when we enter into that covenant, um, it becomes something that there is a leaving. Um, we begin to put other things aside. Um, it doesn't mean that we remove them from our life, but we leave them as the main focus of our life, whether it is mother and father, whether it is children, whether it is our career, whether it is uh, the joys of our life uh, in, in things that we do. We understand that the marriage takes number one priority. We leave those things um, and, and we begin to uh, put the other person as the focus of our life. Um, and it is in that leaving of those other things that we create a new start and we begin a new existence of our life, that we actually even become part of something new and fresh. And so the old things have passed away and the God has made all things new. It is a, it is a reflection of what redemption and salvation is in Christ. Um, that just as we are made new in Christ, when we enter into marriage, we leave behind the old things and we have to find a way to recreate a new way of living our life with the marriage as the number one priority. Um, now, last week we started a look at the purpose uh, of marriage. And, and so let's read our text and then we are going to continue this look at what, what was the purpose that God uh, brought us into uh, marriage. So we are in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in chapter 21. And it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church, and he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hated his own flesh, but he nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are all members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast or cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And this mystery is profound, for I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
So we see in this um, that the purpose of marriage comes out of the fact that when God created Adam, he looked down and he said, something's not right. I'm not done. Even though Adam was in perfect relationship with God, he walked with God, um, uh, he had the breath of God within him, and yet God said, this is not right. It's not good. Um, and so it says that he created woman out of man. Now, he didn't create another man. He didn't create something the same. He took and he split up the attributes of God so that they were complementary but not the same. Now, understand this. This is the word of God, that when God created woman to Adam, um, Adam's response was, I am finally complete, for finally this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. And so what we saw was there was a completion in the unity of a man and a woman, that God um, split his attributes because no matter what we want to think, we know that men are different from women, um, and that there are uh, not only DNA differences, um, but there are spiritual differences. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, we have very commonalities because we are human. We are the, 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 the children of God. Um, and, and, and so the similarities are, are uh, overwhelmingly, but the differences are just as much. But there is something unique spiritually, and it's more than the physical differences. It's the spiritual differences that when God made man and woman and they came together, that that is what created completion. And so that is when God said, therefore, a man and woman will leave their mom and dad, they will cleave to each other, and they will become one flesh. And this was the glory of God. Because it is in that completion that the glory of God is reflected in this world. And it is only then that he gave the man and the woman together the ability to go and have dominion on this earth to create the kingdom of God in creation. So we see the purpose of marriage is to create completion. Um, and it is this definite uh, uh, coming together of man and woman that brings completion. Um, uh, it, it is not just uh, friendship, but it is the marriage oneness which is friendship, and we're going to talk about that, that, that friendship is the picture uh, of this relationship. Uh, but it is in this completion that um, uh, the glory of God enters into the world to bring uh, uh, order, uh, to bring uh, growth and life and nurture um, through it. Now, uh, we, have, we spoke last week that this completion, it is a picture of friendship, okay? It is not a picture of uh, romanticism, okay? So let me put it this way. Um, it is not basically romance garnished with friendship, okay? Because that was not the purpose of marriage. It was not just so that we can uh, uh, have that romantic love. So it was not to... to to scratch an itch that Adam had, 
Okay, that's not what it was meant to be. Um, it was a need in creation that was there, not something just in Adam. And so it is not founded in the romantic attraction between man and woman. Okay, so it is not basically romance garnished with friendship. What it is, is it is basically a, a friendship because that's what the, the core foundation of it is. It is, a, it is a friendship garnished with romance. So yes, romance is part of it, but it is, it is meant to be the, the dessert. It is meant to be the extra. It is, it is the added on. It is not the core substance. It is friendship garnished with romance, not romance garnished with friendship. Okay, and, and this is where we have twisted it around, and this is why we have not accomplished it uh, in it what uh, God is meant to be, and that is what has opened the door to these other forms of marriage. The reason that we will accept other forms of marriage um, is because they are focused on um, love. That that well, can't two people love each other? And this is what God is all about: love. No, marriage is never meant to be all about worldly love. The love that you're talking about when you say that love, it is never meant to be based on that. It is meant to be a spiritual completion that only a man and woman can come to. So it is that friendship, it is that bond with romance that comes along with it, that is a outgrowth of it. Um, and we explained it this way. There's three things that goes into this deep marriage friendship. Um, uh, which is deeper than our normal friends, okay? Uh, we cannot find that completion in the, in the normal friendships, although they are very similar and they work on the same principle, um, but they are different from the marriage uh, friendship. We described it this way. It is a deep oneness, so there's the first thing, a oneness from journeying, so it comes out of a journey together to a common horizon. Um, that is the makeup of a marriage friendship, a deep oneness that comes from journeying together to a common horizon, okay? So we've looked at those three things, and we're actually going to work our way back from it. <coughs> Excuse me. Last week, we looked at what is the common horizon, okay? If it's a deep oneness of journeying together to a common horizon, what is the common horizon? We said that, that a marriage relationship is not two people facing each other as in eros, as in romance, where we are looking at one another and we are being fed by one another. We are being fulfilled by one another. That is never meant to be the uh, purpose of marriage. But it is two people standing side by side looking at a common goal and horizon. And that common horizon is to present that other person as part of us before God, holy and glorious, because together we are going to reflect the glory of God in creation. So the common goal, uh, the horizon, is that I see in you the glory of God that is not yet there, but that we are going to journey towards that when we stand before God, um, I am going to present you holy to God because I see in you um, what may not be there yet. So the horizon, and, and that's really the key thing, is being able to see in the other person 
the glory of what God is doing, even though it is not complete yet. Um, and the purpose is to bring that person to that uh, uh, glory, that they might realize that so that when they stand before God, um, they have been transformed um, into what God is making them. Um, so that's the horizon that we looked at last week, that, that we need to begin to, our whole purpose of being married is, is we need to begin to see that in our spouse. Instead of seeing how, how much they are attracted for us or how much they make us feel good, that's not what we're supposed to be looking for. We look for what God is doing in them, what God sees in them. It's kind of like um, uh, trying to see a mountain peak on a cloudy day. Um, you know, the clouds cover the peaks, so you can't really see the mountains. Um, but every so often as you just look and you, you gaze trying to catch a glimpse of the mountain, every so often the clouds will part as the wind blows. They will part and you'll get a glimpse of the beautiful snow-covered trees and rocks and the sun will glisten off of it and you will catch a momentary glimpse of the beauty of the peak of that mountain. But then the, the clouds will come back and obscure it. You see, that's, that's what it's meant not only with our spouse, but even with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, in the church. We are to catch a glimpse and sometimes it's only a glimpse and then it gets obscured by our own faults and our things that we are struggling with now and, 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 and the things that we are shackled with in this flesh. But you see, we need to remember those moments when we catch that glimpse, when the Holy Spirit gives us that glimpse, even if it's just for a moment, we need to hold on to that and begin to say, even though right now it's, it's obscured and it's in cloud and, and I can't see that in you, I remember what God has shown me and I'm gonna work towards the peak of that mountain that I saw. And so that's what we are working towards. That is the glory uh, purpose of our marriage, to see that. Maybe we need to pray, God, give me a glimpse of that in the other person so that I can realize that this is my purpose. My purpose in this marriage is to bring that other person to that, that, that glimpse of what I saw could be. Um, and is not there yet. Well, that's the horizon. But today I want to look quickly at the other two things. And we're going to work backwards. First of all, the journey. Um, uh, how do we journey towards that horizon? And then we're going to look just very quickly at the deep oneness uh, that comes uh, along the way of the journey. Three things um, that we look at that what is the implications of how do we journey to this horizon? How do we get to that horizon? Man, I've got that glimpse, but how do I, how do I bring it out in the other person? Um, here's the first thing, that in journeying with the other person, we need to accept and acknowledge that we are going to constantly fall in and out of like with that person. Now understand, not in and out of love, because we have a wrong view of love. Now, it is probably the, the world's view of love that we're going to fall in and out of, but not God's view of love. See, love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. Love is not how you feel. Like is how you feel. And we are going to fall in and out of like in a marriage. 
because the whole purpose of that journey is that we're not there yet. And here's the thing. Marriage is meant to be like a furnace. And, and what's in a furnace? That, that means there's going to be sparks. And I don't mean romantic sparks. I mean hot, hurting sparks. Um, because the whole point of the journey is that we are in a raw state. It, it is like a, a, a raw piece of gold ore. Uh, but that ore has to be put in a furnace that it can burn off all the dross and all the other things that are mixed in uh, with the precious gold. So here's the thing. If you're going to go through a process of refinement, you need to accept and not be surprised when you fall in and out of light with that person. There's going to be times where you don't like them because there's going to be times where the dross comes to the surface where not the gold is there, but you're, you're going to have interaction uh, with that sinful brokenness of who they are. And I'm sorry, it's not going to make you happy. You're going to be mad at that. Um, uh, there's going to be times that there's going to be sparks and heat, the heat of, of conflict. Um, but it needs to be understood that when those times happen, you see... I have committed myself, and if I have understood my purpose, then I can realize that even though right now I don't like that other person very much, but I realize that's not the other person because I'm coming in contact with the dross right now. And you see, that's my purpose is to burn away this stuff. And so even though I'm dealing with some stuff in the other person and in our relationship that is not where I want to be, I understand that that's part of the journey. And so therefore, I'm able to accept the fact that there's going to be times that, man, I feel like the relationship just doesn't do it for me right now. But you need to understand that's going to be part of the journey. Um, and it is when we accept that, that we realize that when those things happen, that it's almost a joyous thing because, wow, you know what? I'm starting to see the part that is not the other person. So I can realize that this is an area that we are, we are working on, that this gives us an opportunity to make the other person better. Instead of getting mad at them, instead of starting to say, man, I really would like someone else, I can now start to say, okay, now this gives us a clear view of, of who you are not. Um, and, and so I can keep my eye on uh, that part uh, that is the horizon. So as we journey through these times, we still keep our eye on the horizon, recognizing that these, these times of conflict, that that is the dross, that is the, the parts that we are trying and working at moving out of the way. Um, and it's a good thing to work to moving it out of the way because that makes them closer to what God wants in their life. Now, here's the, here's the thing. A non-Christian when they encounter these times of unlike, when the relationship just gets blah, uh, when it gets frustrating, you see, what do they start to think? They start to think, man, I sure wish I had someone else. They start to look around and say, man, these other people sure look better than you. And, and they begin to think, man, is it worth it to stay in this relationship? Because this is just not what I want. Um, and, and so that begins to open the door for much... Uh, uh, more conflict 
and eventually even open the door for separation or, or split, which is absolutely stops the process of what God wants. And then before we even get there, we've, we've quit before we could even see that. Whereas Christians, where when we enter marriage in the right way, when those things happen, you know what? We feel the same way. Let's be honest. We feel the same way. Man, I don't, this, this relationship, it's just not doing it for me. And man, I look around and I see, you know, I really wish, I, I, I wish I had someone else. But here's the key difference. We feel like we wish we had someone else, but here's the key. When we have come into it with the right purpose, understanding what the purpose of marriage is, I wish I had another person, but here's the key thing. That other person I wish for is my spouse because I've had a glimpse of who that other person I wish for is. And it's not someone else, it's my spouse. Um, and, And so even though we wish for another person, that other person is who we're married to. And so therefore we are more, um, uh, even more inspired um, uh, to get that other person, which is my spouse. And so therefore I'm even more motivated uh, to be loving, to get rid of this dross that's causing the problem so that I can get to that other person that I see in them. You see, I don't see it in anyone else. I wish for someone else, but that someone else is my spouse because I understand what God is doing. You see, there's this great verse, Philippians chapter one, verse six. This is what Paul says. You know what, he had problems with the church and the church didn't always do everything that he wished they would, but this is what he said. He said, I believe that he who started a good work in you will complete it on the day of the Lord. In other words, he said, you know what? Things may not be the way I like it right now, but I know that God is at work and we're not there yet. And he who started a good work, he's gonna complete it. And he's gonna bring that person that I really love out that at at the end time, when we stand before God, I am gonna present the true glorious person uh, that I know that God is at work creating in you. So when we see our spouse even in their brokenness and ugliness, when they hurt us and we are just feeling dissatisfied, you know what? I'm even more motivated to reach that person that I really love in Christ because God is at work in their life and there is a beautiful creation within them that it's our job to bring out. So we're gonna constantly fall in and out of life. You need to accept that uh, and begin to understand the, the reason for that. Here's the second thing. We need to understand um, uh, that uh, if it is mostly friendship garnered with romance and not romance garnered with friendship, we need to understand um, that the journey um, has to be based on the same uh, principle that as we are journeying, we cannot uh, continue to seek romance as our completion, as my satisfaction. Um, uh, This is why many people will bounce from relationship to relationship um, because uh, they are seeking the romance without developing the friendship. And that is why even single people, many people have thrown away marriage. Um, They said, well, let's just live together or let's just do this because, you know, the, the, 
and they, they jump in bed and, and, you know, there's the sexual relationship which brings a, a temporary uh, feeling of, of uh, self-fulfillment and pleasure, uh, but yet it sidetracks the purpose. Remember, understanding the purpose of this journey is to bring out the best in the other person. Well, a physical relationship of romance um, is just a, a superficial um, uh, self-pleasure that never goes deep enough to create what God wants to create in them. So we can never um, uh, hold on to the romance side uh, in our relationship. Um, but at the same time, some people do the opposite. Well, I'm not going to get married because I'm just going to. We're just going to develop a, a sincere friendship. And, and again, well, let's just live together and let's just be partners and let's just. But here's the thing: that also denies the covenant. Uh, because the covenant is friendship garnished with romance. So if we deny, like I'm just not going to be physically involved with anyone. Um, we're just going to be friends and we're just going to build one another, another up. Well, that also does not go deep enough because we are made physical, um, we are made spiritual, and, and we are made uh, solical in, in, in who we are in our soul. And to develop that, we need all three to come together. Uh, we become one flesh. Um, and so if we just say, I'm just going to deny a physical relationship, I'm just going to have good friends, um, uh, or in a, uh, across the, uh, gender, uh, a, a man and a woman, we're just going to be friends and we're going to de deny the physical. Well, that does not complete the covenant because the whole point of being friends is to enter into the full relationship. Um, and, and so then we are never coming to completion. So, uh, so that's the thing that we need to begin to embrace both sides. We cannot push ourselves to either extreme. As we journey uh, this, this path with our partner, with our marriage partner, we need to build the friendship and embrace the romance. Um, uh, we don't build the romance um, and, and, and hold on to the friendship. Remember, we put it in the right place, but we bring both of them uh, into that place because we need to care about the other person physically as much as we do emotionally um, uh, and spiritually. And so we need to understand that the journey uh, is a vulnerability of giving ourselves in every way to the other person. Um, the third thing, um, and this is probably the most important, um, is that the journey, how as we journey, we need to not only catch a glimpse of what God is doing in our spouse. Remember we said that's the horizon. But here's the key thing. You need, here's your purpose. You need to begin to let your spouse see the glimpse of themselves. How many know that other people can sometimes see in us what we cannot see ourselves? And so it's not just about you seeing the glory of what God can do in them. Our purpose is to get that to begin to be birthed within them that they see the glory of what God is calling them to. And so we need to begin to speak the vision of what God is doing into our spouse. Because many times they are struggling with what other people have done to them. Um, there are things that they cannot see that in themselves whether it's because of hurts 
or whether it's be the opposite. Maybe they've been spoiled and, and they uh, see themselves as no problem, that I'm, I'm already good. So either side, they cannot see within them uh, the true uh, nature that God is working. And so we need to begin to speak into them so that they catch the vision and the desire um, to get there. So here's the thing. You uh, need to be the source of their desire to be like Christ. So because of you, they should be more hungry for God than ever. Um, we should give a greater hunger to those around us than they could ever get by themselves. Because you see, God has given us the ability to nurture what they cannot see in themselves. And this really is the same even in the body of Christ, even in the church. Our, our job is to instill that vision into each other. Um, it's not just the pastor's job. Many think that's what the pastor's for, to speak this vision into your heart, which that is my job, but it's your job too, that we all are to speak into one another so that that, that fire will catch hold, but especially in a marriage, that we will not only catch that vision, but we will give that vision. So here's the thing. How do we do that? Um, the, the text that we read uh, explains it like your body. Um, it, it said that the marriage relationship is like your body. You need to understand that this covenant we are in um, is something that has become one flesh. Your partner is now your body. Uh, and it says, when you think of your body... Um, you know, it's something that's kind of not you, but it is you, right? I mean, you can't separate yourself from your body, but when you think, you know, sometimes you think of your body as separate, you know, because how I feel inside is not necessarily how I feel in my body because, you know, I think I sometimes feel like I'm 18 years old. In my mind, I am, but my body is different, right? We all know that as we get older. So it is part of us, but it is separate. That's the same thing as a marriage, your, your wife or your husband, um, you know, they seem separate from you, but yet they're not. They are your body. And so it's the same way. So how do we treat our body? It says that there's no one that hates their body, but instead they take care of their body. They work on their body. And when they don't, they know they should, or they feel the consequences of that. And, and I know sometimes it just takes a long time for us to actually do something about it. Um, and it's the same in our marriage. We know we should, um, but many times it takes a long time for us to do something about it. But God is saying, let's do something about it. If you're, if you're really going to follow the, the desire of God, we need to build our body up. We need to become healthy. And it's the same in our marriage. And he talked about it in two different ways, both a positive way and a negative way. Um, we're going to look at the negative way first. He said, just like Christ does, we are to cleanse the body. We are to wash the body. We are to sanctify the body so that we can present it to God holy and clean. Um, and so cleaning has to do with taking away that dross, that, that negative stuff. Now, cleaning is a very personal and a private thing. Uh, how many know that? If you think about all the different areas of cleaning, it is a very private and personal thing. Even if you go to brushing your teeth, can you imagine letting someone else brush your teeth? That just feels uncomfortable. And would they be sensitive? How, you know, 
that is something that is me. And, and then there's even other areas of cleaning that we don't even want to talk about that are, you know, uh, kind of crude. But yet, there's that type of cleaning that has to be done. And in a marriage, that means we need to be very vulnerable and open to one another. That other person is now part of our body. So those things that we are embarrassed and we want to keep to ourselves, you need to understand that we can't. That, that we need to open up to one another and allow one another to have that ability to cleanse us. Uh, because there are times that, that there's areas that we cannot clean, that we can't reach, but they can. Um, but um, uh, as we talk about cleansing, um, uh, there's an openness, there's a vulnerability that needs to be there. And that way we need to give our spouse the permission to address things that may be very uncomfortable for us. I'm sorry, you've got to be willing. Remember, we talked about this. Be willing to take criticism without being crushed. You need to understand that, that they have the permission to point things out. And when they point things out, we need to begin to say, oh, that's hurting. I may not even agree with you. And no, you're wrong. But we need to stop and not be defensive and say, you know what? You are my body. And if you see something I don't see, we're going to talk about it. But I need to acknowledge it and, and open up to that awareness. Because here's awareness of what's broken in us is what we usually don't see. And that's the greatest cleaning that our spouse can do in our life is to bring awareness of things that we need to address. And yet many times we don't want to be aware of that. And we will fight against it. And our response is, how dare you talk about me? Well, what about you? You need to stop that response. Whenever you say that, you have missed the point. You have deflected. Um, we'll deal about them later. But if they bring something up about you, then let's deal just with that. Do not turn around and, and throw it back on them. Because then no one's dealing with anything. And all we're doing is, is ignoring what needs to be cleaned. Um, so we need that that openness to cleanse. But here's the second thing, when we are cleaning one another, as we are journeying through life together, you need to understand that cleansing takes gentleness. And this is on our side. You can't just go around pointing out everything that's wrong with your spouse and expect them just to always be happy with that, even though they need to become aware. But you need to also understand that when you clean something, how many know that if you clean it in the wrong way, you actually make it worse? Um, uh, that you can cause damage. Like we talked about, if you're brushing someone's teeth, but yet you're just going to brush it hard, you can actually tear you know, the gum tissue and make it worse and inflamed. And that's not cleansing it. So we need to stop and think how we're cleansing. It is my job to cleanse my body, but I must do it with gentleness. You know, if you've played sports at all, um, you've gotten scrapes and cuts and I played baseball. So you, if you ever went sliding into a base on your hip and your thigh, you would get these raspberries. And, um, uh, you know, when you go to clean them, you don't just throw water on there because if you've ever had this, even just water, as soon as you put water on, it stings and it hurts. Uh, so it's not like just someone that got muddy and you can just wipe your hands off. That's okay. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. But when you have something like that, it takes gentleness. 
instead of throwing water on it, sometimes you have to maybe wet a cloth and just dab it. We need to understand in our marriage, sometimes what you need to do is just be that gentle dab of a cloth in your spouse's life. Sometimes your spouse doesn't need a wipe down. Maybe they don't need the truth poured on them like water. Sometimes uh, when there is a hurt, where there is a real need for cleaning, there needs to be a gentleness and an understanding and a compassion. So that's how we bring them into uh, uh, holiness is through that gentleness and that sensitivity. So that's the negative side. But here's the thing. Sometimes we only think about the cleansing of the body and that's what we are going to do with our spouse. I'm just going to clean you up and I'm going to make you better. And I'm always pointing out your flaws. But it also says in our text, it says that every man does not hate his body, but he nourishes it and cherishes it. So not there's not only a negative aspect of journeying with your uh, uh best friend, but there's also the aspect of nourishing them and cherishing them. In other words, you need to find out what just really fulfills them. And you need to be uh, the one that gives that to them, that you begin to lift them up and encourage them. You find the things that gives them pleasure. Um, so just as important as cleaning them is nourishing them and cherishing them and, and feeding them and encouraging them and lifting them up. And, and as you begin to speak blessing into their life, see, that presents them just as holy to God as you would if you were taking care of all the brokenness. So we need both sides. We need to nourish and cherish our, this partner that God has given us, this best friend. And we begin to find ways that we can please them, that we can build them up and, and, and bring out the best in them. In other words, you need to understand that you don't live to please yourself, but you live to please your spouse. That that time that you put a smile on their face, that should be the greatest joy in your life. Not the time that you hurt them and that you just showed them what they needed to change. See, that's a sorrowful time. I mean, yes, we need to do it at times, but that never brings me joy. What brings you, what should bring you joy is to look for ways to nourish and cherish and to feed them and to grow them. And then that is where the joy um, uh, takes place. So the very last thing. So that's the journey. Uh, so we talked about the horizon of friendship, the journeying together of friendship. And I just want to real quick talk about the final result is the deep oneness. It says, God said, and they will become one flesh. The purpose of marriage is to become one flesh. It is to be a reflection of the glory of God in creation uh, that makes all of creation what God meant it to be. But understand this, the deep oneness, it says, happens not from us, but from God. It says, and then they will become. It's not something that you can choose. It just, it happens as you Keep your eye on the horizon, and, and as you journey together, God works the oneness. God brings the deep closeness because it is as we allow him to go deeper in both of us, then we become one flesh. And, and I just want to speak on this because this is the one thing that they miss when we, when we deal with those that we love from the um, LGBTQ community. This is what they miss. You know what? 
I understand their love for one another, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, here's what they, what in a marriage, they can never accomplish the completion that God has meant. And that completion includes the physical, sexual side. Um, um, and it is not that, that we don't love them or that they don't have a true love for one another. I respect that, care for that. But remember, we talked about that, that that physical side can never accomplish the completion of what God is accomplishing without the connection that God put together to bring the completion of the glory of God. And here's why. Um, God made man and woman different for a reason so that when they come together, then completion happens. Completion does not happen when two men come together. Now, can they have a relationship? Sure, they can. And, and I'm not saying they don't. But what is happening, and this is what the enemy tries to, it is, it, it, it denies and it avoids the completion that the enemy does not want to see because when a man and woman comes together, the reason the enemy wants to destroy marriages and keep that from happening is because that's when the glory of God comes into creation and the enemy does not want the full glory of God in creation. You see, when God made marriage, the reason he made it man and woman and only man and woman is because it became something life-giving like water. Water is the source of life. It is like blood. Um, uh, it, it, it nourishes and it brings refreshing. But what is water? It's two things. It's hydrogen and it's oxygen. And it is because they are different that they create this life-giving purpose. Now, Hydrogen is great, and oxygen is great. We need both of them. So we're not saying that there's nothing wrong with hydrogen getting together, hydrogen and hydrogen, but, they're never, but that purpose of hydrogen getting together is not going to be the purpose of hydrogen and oxygen. And oxygen getting together is great, and it accomplishes things, but it is never meant to do what when hydrogen and oxygen comes together and create H2O. It is in that combination that there is a completion. And you can't change it. I'm sorry, no matter what you want, the, their chemical makeup is what it is. And no matter how much we want to change things, God created man and woman the way they are. And I know we that is where our self-centeredness has risen up. That is the sin nature within us that we're going to decide what's right and wrong. Um, and we have... Uh, uh, gone a different path. But that still cannot change. We cannot make hydrogen into oxygen and we cannot make oxygen into hydrogen. But it, it is only when hydrogen and oxygen come together we have water. And it is in the bond that they are meant to be that they create that. It's the same thing with the marriage. It is when man and woman come together in the, in the right bond, the way it's meant to be, that that marriage then becomes completion of life. Uh, and, and it becomes the refreshing uh, element to all the rest of creation that it is meant to be. And that's when God brings oneness. When we allow male and female in God's hands to bring us together. Only God can bring us together. Um, and when he wor works in us, then the marriage can find that deep oneness uh, that only God can give. Um, and so that is the purpose of marriage. Um, 
And hopefully we will begin to submit ourselves to that purpose. This is where we need to understand that he's God. And it's not up to us to decide what the purpose is. See, many of us say, well, I think the purpose should be this. Well, that's good, but you're not God. And that's just the fact. That's the hard part. And I understand that. We need, and we still have compassion for one another. And, and we, you know what? We reach out to one another in all areas. But we follow the word of God uh, in that marriage uh, is meant to be how God has set it out. And so let's make our marriages the greatest uh, completion there is. And if we're single, you know what? You can still find completion as a single person through Christ. Because remember we said this, that marriage is all a reflection of Christ in the church anyway. So you can find completion in Christ just as much as someone that's married. Um, but we need to begin to still enter into these same principles uh, that God has given us as we walk in his word.